This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. Good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing? Great. Well, I am so glad to be here, so glad to see you. And, uh, and you know, I'm, usually I'm just, I'm glad to be here, of course, to see you. But I always believe that I've got a message that God's put on my heart, and I'm just looking forward to, to uh, delivering that message this morning. I I'm, I'm, I'm certainly believe that, I've got, that God's given me a word, but I'm glad to be here for different reasons. I, I, man, I was looking so forward to, to being here today just for the strength of the saints and us coming together and just receiving strength. I think this past week has probably been one of the most difficult weeks that I've had, challenging weeks I've had in probably 15 years. And it has been, it has just been a difficult, challenging week. And so I've known for several weeks that I was going to preach this message because we've been putting this series together for some time now. And so I've known for a long time I was going to preach this message. I just didn't know I was going to have to live this message. I didn't know I was going to, I didn't know I was going to have to do it. And uh, I just wanted, I just wanted to preach it, you know, and and uh, I didn't. I didn't really want to live it. I just. I didn't. Let me put it. I didn't want. I didn't want there to be the circumstances where I had to, to live it. But I found myself having to live this message this week. And, and so this is one of the things that you know you all wanted to hear through our Easter survey that you wanted to, you wanted to know how to deal with difficult people. It's one of the top six answers that we that we got that you wanted to know how to deal with difficult. People and I believe that's something that we all do have to deal with. There's, you know, we have life is made up of relationships, and sometimes those relationships are are a little bit messy. And and a lot of times those relationships, it, it we have times that that there's just difficulties and there's conflicts. And how do we deal with that? You know, you can you can go to the bookstore and there's there's volume after volume of book and psychology that this is how you. This is how you deal with conflict. This is how you deal with difficult people. Uh, but what I found in, in a lot of these studies, a lot of it is just purely psychology. And God has something to say about it. There, there are time-tested uh, solutions and answers to our everyday problems in the Word of God. And so whatever it is that you're facing in life, you can always go to God's Word, and He always has a solution. He always has an answer for it. And so it's no different than how to deal with difficult people. God, there, there's, there's just, just really time-tested, godly wisdom on how to deal with difficult people. And so I think most of us in here, we've, we've gone through a phase, or we've gone through, there's been relationships in our life where we face this. And so in case you're in here and you're not sure if there's a difficult person in your life at this moment, I want to give you five signs that you can, you can look and you can just kind of evaluate whether or not you have a difficult person in your life. So here's one sign is when you get a phone call and you see the caller ID and when you see that number or that name on your caller ID, you just have this sinking feeling on the inside and you're like, oh no, it's them. Well, you may have a difficult person in your life if, if that's your reaction. Or after you spend time with a certain person, you come away from the, spending time and, and you're just emotionally and physically drained. I mean, you're just depleted of energy and all you want to do is just go take a nap or go on vacation 
and so you're just completely depleted of energy, you might have a difficult person in your life. Or if you see that person coming and you see them coming, but you act like you don't see them coming. And you try to avoid them and you may have a difficult person in your life if you're trying to avoid that person or if you get you, you meet with them and you, you're not necessarily depleted of energy you just want to go eat chocolate or something you just you just you just want to go eat something you might have a you might have a difficult person in your life and here's the one that I kind of failed or, or fell to this past week and and it's been very challenging, but and this may be a sign for you if, that you have a difficult person in your life if you have imaginary conversations with them. And you may have a difficult person. So I found myself this past week, I had multiple imaginary conversations in my office, in my car, just letting somebody have it. I mean, I'm just... I'm just letting them have it. I, I mean, I got, I got the cadence down. I got the phraseology down. I mean, I'm just, boom, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just pounding. I'm pounding them. And so you know you might have a difficult person in your life. And, and so this is what I want to talk to you about today is how to deal with difficult people because there's, you have no promise in God's Word that will exempt you from having to deal with difficult people. You're going to have them. In your life, and let me just say this. Let me, let me just say this. Well, I'll get to that in a minute. But you're, you're going to have you're going to have difficult people in your life, and so, um, and let me just be straight up honest with you. I didn't do so well this week or this past week. I, I didn't do so well with it, and that's why I said, man, I just wanted to preach it. Didn't want to have to live it. So, but, but, you know, I got my heart right. I got my attitude right. All right. And so now we just got to, we got to move forward. We got to move forward. So uh, let, let me give you some relational intelligence, just a, little, just a little bit of wisdom about relationships. And here's, here's something that we all need to know, and I think we would all say that we know this, but a lot of times we don't act like we know this. The only person's behavior I can control is my own. I can't control anyone else's behavior. Boy, I tell you what, husbands and wives, if we would, if we would live intelligently <laughs> in our relationship with our spouse and realize I can't change them, man, things would be a whole lot better. All right? So the only person's behavior I control is my own. And here's, here's another little, here's some more wisdom. People will change because they want to change. Not because I want them to change. People will change because they want to. People will not change until they want to change. And a lot of times it's not your job to convince them that they need to change. You know what happens when people come and you tell people they need to change? You know what they do? They put up walls. They put up walls. And they're not going to let you get through those walls. Here's another one. <clears throat> see if this see if this fits you. It fits me. I have a tendency to judge others by their actions and judge myself by my best intentions. You know, we do somebody wrong, say, oh, I didn't mean to. Oh, you just took that the wrong way. Oh, you just you just need to know my heart in this and you just you, you, and somebody else does wrong, we want to crucify them. 
We, they do us wrong. We want to crucify them. If we do wrong, say, oh, you need to know my heart. Don't judge me. <laughs> Don't judge. Right? So that's the tendency of our flesh is to judge others by their actions and judge ourselves by our intentions. In other words, we don't treat them like we want them to treat us. Thank you for your enthusiasm. All right. And here's a big one. This one's real big. I don't know if this is in your notes or not, but here's a big one. Sometimes I am the difficult person. Did you realize that you are someone else's challenge? Yeah, not me. <laughs> not me. Did you realize that you're, there's someone in the world here in this sermon right now. There's somebody in this room right now here in this sermon, and they're thinking about you being their difficult person. So you're not the only one who has to deal with difficult people. Somebody's got to deal with you. Well, I don't, I don't believe that. And that would be your big problem. <laughs> See, here's the deal. We all got this mask on. Okay? And there's things that you know about you and we know about you. And just kind of skip through these different levels. But there's things that we know about you that you don't know about you. Say it like this. There's things we see in you that you don't see in you. And those are some good things, positive things, and then those are some negative things. Because a lot of times we're blind to our own flaws. We're blind to our own faults. So everybody just say this with me so you, you, we'll, we'll just kind of understand it. Say, I am... Someone else's challenge. I am someone else's difficult person. And if you're not sure about that, ask your spouse. Just say, hey, honey, I, I just want you to tell me the truth. I mean, just be completely honest with me. Just be complete. Do I ever cause you difficulty? <laughs> Do I... And they're going to look at you and say, I don't have any problem being honest about this. <laughs> yes. Yes. You are a challenge sometimes. You say, well, I'm not married. Okay, ask a coworker. I mean, ask somebody. Am I ever, am I ever a challenge? Am I ever difficult? How, how are we going to deal with these difficult people? Notice this verse in Colossians chapter 3. <clears throat> and have y'all ever come across a verse in the Bible, a scripture in the Bible that you didn't like? Anybody ever come across anything? I mean, you come across this scripture, you say, I don't like that. I don't like that verse. I love this verse until last week. I mean, I thought, I said, man, I'm going, I can't wait to preach on this. This, is, this verse is so awesome. And then, I, had, then I, I looked at it in the context of my life this past week. I, said, I don't like this verse at all. And notice what it says. He says, make allowance for each other's Faults. I can't stand that verse. 
make allowance for each other's faults. Everybody say, make allowance. Now, let me just say that God's word, God's instructions, God's solutions for our everyday problems are so simple. I mean, God doesn't try to make it hard to understand. He doesn't try to make it complex. He could be as complex as he wants to, but he just, I mean, he just says it real plain, make allowance for each other's faults. That is simple. Applying that to our life, implementing that into our life is not so, it's simple, it's not so easy. I mean, it's very simple instructions, but it's not so easy to do. And the reason why, everything within you, your flesh, your emotions, want to do total opposite of what that verse says. Because if somebody around you has a fault, and that fault somehow causes you difficulty, that fault somehow challenges you in your life, you don't want to make allowance for them. You want to berate them. You want to get back at them. You want to give it to them. You want to have an imaginary, and sometimes not such an imaginary, conversation with them. You want to have a face-to-face confrontation with them to put them in their place. And I'm preaching really, really good. This phrase, make allowance. You see, this is the deal. Your life is not just about you. If if you're in here and you say, you know what? I am a follower of Christ. I am a Christian. Did you know you just can't make up your mind what you're going to do? You can, but a lot of times you won't follow Jesus doing that. You just can't decide. You can't. You say, well, I, I... you know, I, I, I've, got my, I've got a right to believe whatever I want to believe. Not if you're a Christian. Not if you're a follower of Jesus. You do not have a right to believe what you want to believe. And it doesn't matter how strongly you feel about something. It doesn't matter how you see something. If you're going to follow Jesus... You got to follow. How are you going to follow him? How are you going to follow Jesus? Well, I'm just going to follow him. Yeah, what in the world does that mean? I'm just going to follow. Well, I'm just following Jesus. And what a lot of people say, I'm just doing what I feel. What you feel may not be following Jesus. A lot of times what we what we do is we're following our flesh. We're following our emotions that are not in check. We're following uh, a desire that's produced out of an unrenewed mind. You know, well, I'm just following Jesus. Uh uh-uh. How are you going to follow him? You got to look to what he said, what he taught, and what he did. And you got to do that. If you're not doing what he said, what he taught, and what he did, guess what? You're not following him. Yeah, but I feel so strongly about it. Your feelings ain't got nothing to do with it. Your feelings can trick you. Your feelings can deceive you. Your feelings can manipulate you. Your feelings can get you in trouble. So y'all, y'all got the good part. I didn't, even, I didn't even talk about this in the last two services. But if you're going to follow him, 
You see, if you're going, if you're going to follow Jesus, you got to read your Bible. Every day, at least Monday through Friday, and catch up on the weekends if you missed your chapter. Every day, if you're going to follow him, you've got to know what he said. You've got to know what he taught. You've got to know what he did if you're going to follow him. And right here, he says, make allowance for each other's faults. Y'all like that? <laughs> and this phrase, make allowance, it means to take into consideration. To take into consideration. These difficult people in your life, have you taken into consideration their life? Have you taken into consideration their day? The week that they've had? the month that they've had, the life that they've had. Hurt people hurt people. Do you hear me? Hurt people hurt people. They, they, and it just, it just comes out of them or comes out of us, you know, because we're, we're all hurt. And, damn, and so that, that comes out. And so he said, make allowance for each other's faults. Take into consideration. Why, why are they acting like that? Why are they doing that? Why are they being so difficult? Take into consideration. It also means to treat people with leniency. When's the last time we've done that? We're just lenient. People did us wrong, and we just, we just treat them with leniency. In other words, we cut them some slack. We cut them some slack. You see, this isn't a suggestion. This is a commandment. If we're going to be followers of Christ, this is a commandment. We treat each other, we make, it, we make allowance for each other's faults. Faults. We're making allowance. We're, we're, we're treating people with leniency. We're, we're taking into consideration their life. You know, you're not the only one on the road, on your way to work every morning. You know, other people are headed to work, too. You're not the only one in the grocery store. Uh, until people get out of my way, I got, you know, I got somewhere to be. And, and getting all road rage on the interstate. I, I got somewhere to be. Other people have somewhere to be. You're not the only person on the planet. The world doesn't revolve around you. Everybody say, make allowance for each other's faults. So... Let me give you two things. I'm going to give you an, an never do, and I'm going to give you an always do. Okay? I'm going to give you a never do, and I'm going to give you an always do. See, it said make, make allowance for each other's faults. So here's the first one. Never retaliate. Don't retaliate. Don't retaliate. 1 Peter 3.8 says, don't repay evil for evil. Don't do it. And this word evil, it, it, it's not, we think that word means diabolical, 
just dark. It doesn't mean it just means bad. So don't repay bad for bad. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, <laughs> see if you like this, pay them back with a blessing. You know what? See, not our head. Oh, yeah. Amen. When we're not dealing with it. When you're dealing with it. When, when you're dealing with a difficult person, man, you're not thinking, pay them back with a blessing. You're, you're thinking, punch them in the neck. I mean, you think, <laughs> that's what you're thinking. <laughs> right? You're not thinking, hey, well, I'm, I'm going to bless them. I'm, I'm going to bless them. No, that's not what you're thinking. You're, you're, you're thinking, get back at them. <laughs> pay them back with a blessing. Now get this, that is what God has called you to do. Who's calling us to live our life like, like this? Who's calling us to live like this? God, when somebody does us wrong, who's calling us to live different than everybody else on the planet is? God is. So you can't be a follower of Jesus if you don't do this. I know we think following Jesus, oh, just, oh, I praise you, Lord, praise you. Just thank you for your presence. But when Monday morning, when the rubber hits the road, what's that supposed to, what's, all, what's the presence in the anointing supposed to do for us? It's supposed to help us live like this. So don't retaliate. Never retaliate. Is there ever a good time to retaliate? What about if you feel real strong that you should? <laughs> I mean, what, what if you feel real, I mean, just, just real strong on the inside? Just real strong. I mean, just the emotion is just, uh, what if you just felt real strong? I, I, I'm about to, I, I'm going I'm I'm to tell them how they're wrong. I'm going to put them in their place. I'm going to show them how they're wrong. <laughs> oh, ask me how I know all this. Ask me. Let me. <clears throat> Just how? I mean, oh boy. Uh, you know, sometimes you think you got something down really good. And I thought I had this down pretty good. And then this week, uh, no, I'm not doing so hot here. I'm not doing so well here. You know, people can do stuff that just, they, it just drive you up the wall. You know, I had somebody, they, they, they told me this past week, this one thing just, first I was like, oh man, just so much pressure and, you know, just sorrow. And then found out it was all a lie. And then I'm just anger that I was the reason that somebody almost died. And boy, at first I was like, oh. And then I, I wasn't the reason they almost died. They didn't have a heart attack or had something else going on with them. And then, and then, then just mad, just anger. Somebody would want to manipulate me like that. I'm about to get on the phone. I'm going. So. 
I'm just talking to you about me. I don't know what you do, but I... Notice what Jesus said in Luke 6. He says, but to you who are willing to listen, this is big. You know, it's so important how you hear. Jesus said, oh, he didn't just say pay attention to what you hear. He said pay attention to how you hear. I've had people, I've walked, walked out with somebody, oh, you know what you said in that message last week? And I said, what did I say? And they, you said this, this, this. I'm saying, I didn't say that. I mean, it's total opposite of what I said. It's important how we hear. Not just what you hear, how you hear. And so Jesus said, those who are willing to listen. So it's not just, I mean, you can't help but hear my voice right now. But are you willing to hear exactly what it is that's being said? And Jesus said, but to you who are willing to listen... And, you, and you'll understand why you may not be willing to listen when you read the rest of this. I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you, turn the other cheek and let them slap you again. Really? I like the verse that Jesus said, you know, it said, you've heard that it's been said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. I like that. <laughs> but now you're saying, uh, I can't do that. I got to love them. I got to do good to them. I got to bless them. Really? Let me take that tooth. Take that eye. In Romans 12, Paul says this, bless those who persecute you. Romans 12, 14. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. I wasn't praying that God would bless them. I was praying that God would show them how they're wrong. Lord, show them how they're wrong. Show he didn't say pray for them to show them how wrong. He said pray that God would bless them. God, you want me to pray that you would bless them? They don't deserve a blessing. But if I'm going to follow Christ, if I'm going to follow Jesus, you don't just follow him when it's good for you. You follow him when it's uncomfortable for you. You follow him when it goes against all of your feelings and all of your emotions. That's when you follow. That's, that's, it's easy to follow him in the good times. 1 Corinthians 4, Paul says, we bless those who curse us. We're patient with those who abuse us. So y'all help me out. What, what are we never, what should we never do? Retaliate. Retaliate. Yeah, but what if I feel really strong about this? You see, because I know, I know it's easy to say that, but when, when all these emotions come up in us, and they're colorful, and when all these emotions come up in us, are we in control? Or are we out of control? 
You know, so we, we got to keep those things in check. Well, I just believe in speaking my mind. Well, you're a fool. If you say everything that comes to your mind, you are a fool. You're going to get yourself in so much trouble. You're going to get yourself in a mess if you say everything that comes to your mind. You're to control your mind. And you're to control what comes out of your mouth. And you're to control your actions. Okay, so we're never to retaliate. And then the next thing, we are to always reciprocate. Now, let me just say what I'm not talking about. Because somebody does you wrong, to reciprocate means you would do them wrong. But I'm talking about reciprocating what God has done for you. And God has treated you. Because you've caused God some pain. Did you know that? You've rebelled. You've been disobedient. You've been stubborn. And when I say you, I'm talking about we. <laughs> I'm talking about all of us. All right? Notice what he says in, this, in the second half of this verse in Colossians 3.13. He says, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. The Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. So we must always reciprocate forgiveness. God forgave us. And so we, because he forgave us, we are to forgive others. We, we are to forgive. And I hope this isn't too elementary for you, because this is where we live life. This is where, this is where we live life. And so let me, let me give you a, a word, just a little bit about forgiveness, because a lot of people, they are, well, we'll get to it in a minute, but forgiveness is something that we have received freely and is something that we must give freely. We received it freely. It wasn't free. You understand? Forgiveness wasn't free. It cost God everything he had to forgive us. But we didn't have to pay for it. He paid for it. And forgiveness is to be given freely. Doesn't mean it was free. It will cost you something to forgive someone else. This is so good. It will cost you. It'll cost you to forgive someone else, but yet they don't have to pay for it. They don't have to earn it. But it'll cost you something. What will it cost? It'll cost you being right. It'll cost you crucifying your flesh. <laughs> Is crucifying the flesh easy? Is driving a nail through your hand easy? I mean, could you put your hand down on the board and get a nail and say, hey, y'all, come on, do it. Is that easy? Is crucifying your flesh easy? No way. That's why we don't do it very often. It'll cost you something. Now, before you can, number, first off, we must receive God's forgiveness in our own life. And in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13, it says this. 
Even though I used to, Paul said, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ, in my insolence I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me because I, I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with faith and love that came from Christ Jesus. Now get this. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I'm the worst of them all. You see, you got to see yourself as someone who needs God's forgiveness. And you have to receive his forgiveness before you can forgive his forgiveness to anybody else. And Paul, who wrote three-fourths of the New Testament, he said, I'm, I'm chief sinner number one. I needed God's forgiveness. Do you need his forgiveness? Absolutely. You need his forgiveness. And then once you receive his forgiveness, you must freely give what you have received. Jesus said, and I think it's Matthew 10, he said, freely you have received, freely give. And so forgiveness is not free, but it must be extended without a cost. In other words, no one should have to earn our forgiveness. Well, I'll forgive them. If they, if they come and they tell me they're sorry, I'll forgive them. That's not forgiveness. That was an exchange. In forgiveness, there is no exchange of any kind of currency. They are not paying for your forgiveness. Well, I, if they promise never to do that again, what, like you promised God you would never do this again? Talking about like that. If they promise never to do this again, then I'll forgive them. That's an exchange. That's, that's an exchange of, of currency. Can't do that. That's not forgiveness. That's not freely you have received, freely give. You've got to forgive them. You've got to forgive them with them having, without them having to work for it. Now, let me say this. Forgiveness and trusting is not the same. Just because you forgive someone doesn't mean you have to trust someone. Forgiveness is given freely. Trust must be earned. You listening? Okay. So, I must, I must freely give what I have received. And what have we received? We've re received His forgiveness in our life. We've received it. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19 says, For God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. No longer counting people's sins against them. Oh, man. You, you realize this about God? Whenever you goof up, God's not putting a check next to your name. He's, putting, he, he's not putting ticks next to your name. He's not doing that. He's not counting up your sins against you. He's not holding your sins against you. And think about it. We carry around mental lists of how people have hurt us, how they've done us wrong. Well, you know, three weeks ago, they did this, this, and this. And last week, they did this. And we carry these mental lists around, and then when we get into a, 
a little conversation about it. We start dragging up what that, that was, you know, that was 10 years ago. And forgiveness doesn't operate that like that way. We're not, we're not counting up. We're not putting ticks by people's name. And again, that doesn't mean you have to trust. You don't have to put yourself in that vulnerable position again. But you must forgive. And you must extend it freely because you've been wrong and I've been wrong. And so we have to extend that forgiveness. So freely you have received, freely give. And then... Lastly, you got to go first on this. In other words, before they come and apologize, you see, you don't have to wait on an apology in order to give forgiveness. Well, you know, and so, well, they apologize, they apologize but I don't think they were sincere about it, so I'm not going to forgive. <laughs> it don't work like that. Your, your, your forgiveness operates apart from what they do, how they act, what they say or they don't say. Did Jesus wait until you made a decision before he forgave you? No. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While, while you were... While you were while you and I were sinners, while we were dead wrong, he imputed put to our account righteousness. Peace on earth. I'm happy too. <laughs> Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men, right? So we're, we're never retaliate. Always reciprocate God's love and God's forgiveness. And that's something that we're, we're, we're always, we're always, always to do. So I got to go first in this. And look, it's not, it's not like this. Well, call up. I just want to let you know that I forgive you. <laughs> you know what that is? Manipulation. I just want to let you know that I forgive you. For what you did to me. And so the, the emphasis is not on the forgiving. The emphasis is on what you did to me. But I'm going to just let you know I forgive you. That's not forgiveness. You're playing games. You're still trying to get back. You're still trying to put them in their place. Uh-oh. You're still trying to make it a point and shed light on the situation. Let them, you know, so, so they can see what they did wrong. I'm just going to let you know that I forgive you for what you did. Forgiveness can happen. Forgiveness is about you and God. Forgiveness is about you and your relationship with God. Forgiveness is about, about you, you being forgiven. Forgiveness is about not locking that prison door on yourself. Because if you don't forgive, you're locking yourself in.
You're not really hurting them. You're hurting you when you don't forgive. And here's the deal. If, if, if you don't, if, you, if, 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 all we're, if we're retaliating and we're putting people in place, you know, we're, we're just cracking that door on the enemy. And we're just giving him just enough space to get a foothold in our life and where he can begin to wreak havoc in our life. You want to shut him down? Forgive. Give him nothing to work with. Now, you can't control anybody else's behavior, but you can control your response. You and I can control our response. How will we respond to this? And you're talking about growing up. This is when you grow. People got this idea, oh, you know, these, all these trials are coming into my life because God's trying to grow me up. Trials will never grow you up. Testing will never grow you up. If trials and tests perfected us, we would be a very stellar group of people. It's how you respond in the trial. It's how you respond in the test. You can go through all kinds of tests, but if you don't do the Word of God, you're not going to grow. You're going to just get beat up. That's all that's going to happen. You're going to just get beat up. But yet you can go through the same thing and you apply the Word of God to your life and it might be difficult and it'll feel like you're crucifying your flesh, driving a nail through your hand, getting your teeth pulled without any anesthetic. I mean, you do the Word, guess what? You're going to grow. You're going to be shaped and molded into the very image of Christ. And isn't that the goal? That's, we want to represent Him. Forgiveness is not about you necessarily. It's about your relationship with God. Amen. Father, we're thankful for your word today. Lord, I thank you for helping us. Lord, I, I know there's people in here who've been hurt, who've been wounded, who've been done wrong by other people. And serious things, Lord, serious. But I thank you that our help comes from you. And I thank you that because of the grace of God and because of the mercy of God and the forgiveness of God that, that we have received. Now, right now, we can release those people. We can forgive those people. They don't need to be in our presence. They don't even need to know about it. But we can, we can release them right now. In Jesus' name. Everybody just, most of you probably have someone in mind. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, right now, as an act of my will, I forgive those who've hurt me, those who've wronged me, those who've abused me. I forgive them. I let them go. I'm not holding anything against them. I thank you that you bless them, that you let your presence fall upon them, and that you give them your very best. In Jesus' name.
Father, you said in your word that if we would do this, that we would receive a blessing. That we would receive a blessing from you. And so, Lord, I thank you that we receive your blessing and we're standing and in anticipation for your blessing on our life because we've forgiven. In Jesus' name. Before we leave here today, you know, I want to make sure that everybody in here, we've talked about receiving God's forgiveness. I just want to make sure everyone in here has, has done that. You've received God's forgiveness. You've, you've got a relationship with God. And I don't want to assume that you do this morning just because you came to church and you sat through a service and that everything is right between you and God. I know this. He's not holding anything against you. But he's waiting on you to make an active choice to be in a relationship with him. So if you've never done that today, I want to pray for you. And, you know, and I know a lot of times people say, well, you know, I'm good. I'm good. I've, I'm doing my best and I've tried my hardest. And so I think me and God are good. But the only thing is, it's not, it's not about you trying your best to do in your hardest. You can't get to heaven by trying your best to do in your heart, doing your best and trying your hardest. It's not, it's not by your works that you get into heaven. It's by God's grace that you get into heaven. It's a free gift. It's not about your works. So I'll, I'll pray for you today. And you, if, you, if that's where you've been, you say, well, I've, I've done my best, and that's what you're counting on. There's nobody in heaven because they've done their best or tried their hardest. You say, well, Pastor Chuck, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I believe in God and all that. I'm not an atheist. I believe in God. That's great. The demons believe in God, too. Did you know that? And they're not going to heaven. It's not about just believing in God. It's about Jesus being in the Lord of your life. That, that means boss. Boss. That, you, that you're, you're following Him. That you've got a relationship with Him. So I want to pray for anyone in here. You've, you've never done that, but you want to do that today. And I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. And I'm not going to ask you to stand, but just right there in your seat. All you have to do is just lift your hand. And we'll pray for you. So I'm going to just count to three. And you say, please pray for me. I want to just lift your hand when I count to three. Here we go. One, two, three. Right now. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. See your hand. Thank you, ma'am. I see your hand. Thank you. Looking across the room. Awesome. Thank you. I see your hand. Okay, let's, let's all do this together. Let's pray this prayer out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, come into my heart and be my Lord and be my Savior. Amen. Everybody, let's give these a real big hand, all right? <laughs>